I don't know if you've broken all your New Year resolutions yet, but I'd like to give you another one. And uh, uh, the, on the back, just by the hatch there, there, there are a number of these. Some of you will have had them before, and uh, others may want one after, after this morning. And what, what, what we're just encouraging people to do is to pray for somewhere. You, you probably, you, when you, on your prayer list or in the back of your Bible and the, you pray for this place. And we're just thinking, wouldn't it be great if everybody just, if there was somewhere, and I'm going to pray once a month or once a year or once a week. Because, you know, that, and we, we, you can't kind of talk about everybody and everywhere, but, you know, Brinaman, there's, there's nothing in Brinaman where, where Jesus is loved and the Bible is explained. You drop down the hill to Ammonford, but in Brennaman, Gwankargarwin, that kind of area, nothing. Now, you may know that area, and you think, oh, I'll pray for Brennaman. Or that uh, Conway, up in the north, or Harlech, you men of Harlech, nothing. I mean, that it, it would be revival if, if there was a congregation like that this morning. Where else have we got? Hanachemeth. But I, I know you don't know where that is. If you got there, you've probably lost but it, it's the one in the middle of Anglesey. Now, the point is that there are lots of Hanachemers all over Wales, little communities where there's no gospel. Uh, uh, Newquay on the coast, Newcastle Emlyn in the west, Puthmadog. There, there are Christians in Puthmadog. There's, a, there, there's a, 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 an evangelical church in Penryn Daydrach down the road. But if you were worshipping in Puthmadog this morning or hoping to, you, you, would, you, you would fail. Pyle, Talgath, Whitland, St. Clair's, Bilth, Dogetli, Blindifestinia, Corwin, and Cumgwendrach. The little work now establishing in cross hands, of course. But 12 years ago, do you remember the foot and mouth? Remember foot and mouth? And uh, I, I, we were on holiday staying on a farm. It was just an excuse to get on a hill because you weren't allowed on the hill unless you were on the farm. So, I, sorry, anyway, holiday on the farm. And uh, I, I read that book, if you want to walk on the water, you've got to get out of the boat. And, uh, and in there it says, if you pray every day for something, after three months, it's bound to have changed. Oh, that's a great deal. So I bought a Tregaron pottery mug. Some of you heard this before. And I, every morning, I, Liz brings me, or I make a cup of tea, and uh, I prayed for Tregaron for three months. Six months. Twelve months. Two years, every morning, and uh, I even and there was a small Welsh language uh, fellowship that I think when I preached there there were about seven, and uh, there were still seven when I finished, even though my Welsh was awful, and uh, but that was it. And the, the, the pastor of that church um, is has been very very ill. I'm not even sure if it's still meeting. Do you know? Twelve years, every morning. Every day. I've just prayed for Tregaron. And last Sunday, a gospel-preaching, Jesus-loving man was called to be the pastor of the main church in the town. And that's the first gospel-preaching, Jesus-loving pastor, apart from the little Welsh work, that in the town for a hundred years. Now, it may be that you kind of a better at praying than me, you know, that 12 years just seems a long time. But I wonder whether there's one of those places you think, ah, ah, yeah, I know that. 
I'd love, I'll adopt it, and I'll pray it every week, every month. Can I just encourage you to a new year? And there are these little cards on the back. Did you uh, get your decorations away before Monday? Did you? Okay, Tuesday's my mother's birthday, see? She's 94 last Tuesday, and uh, she... You, you always had to get them away before mum's birthday. I don't know, quite understand all the mechanics of this. The 12 days of Christmas or something? Yeah, that's probably it. Um, and, and she used to say, if the, if the decorations are not away, they've got to stay up all year. Right? So they always came down before mum's birthday. Uh, has, uh, the turkey must have gone. Gone? Gone. All the biscuits gone? All the bits and pieces gone? Not gone. Have all the chocolates gone? Wow, I'm coming to your house for tea. <laughs> A credit card statement will remind you that Christmas isn't completely over. <clears throat> but basically it's over for another year, isn't it? Do, do you keep all the stuff in the loft? Our Christmas tree is plastic, but it looks really good. Every year it comes down, and every year it goes back up. With all those shiny, dinkly things, they're in the loft as well. So, kind of, Christmas is over, and we're getting back to normal, aren't we? Normal carols. I remember once somebody singing, Oh, come all ye faithful, in the middle of August. It just didn't seem right. right? So, Christmas is over, isn't it? One of the problems with Christmas is that we do all the kind of festive stuff, and we have carols by candle. Did you have any carols by candle? Did you? Did you do that? You did, you see? And, and was the preach three quarters of an hour? Now, you see, we tone it down at Christmas, and, and some people, do you know, I've even been once to a thing called a Christingle, and everybody was given an orange and stuck kind of skewers in it. I didn't understand that at all. <laughs> and I, I just have this theory that Cromwell was right, that Christmas should be banned, because what? imagine that only for that short period do we think about just what happened, and, and the rest of the year, well, it's, it's back in the loft. So I, I'm just going to lengthen Christmas a little bit. I, 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 not, not, not too much, but I just want to ask this question, you know, what do we learn from Christmas? Or, what did I get from God for Christmas? What, have, well, now that all the parties and the, ting, and the tinsel's over, what, what did I get out of Christmas? So just in case we didn't get out enough, I, I just want to revisit it a little. And I want to, if it, I'm going to read from Luke chapter 2. Oh, there we are. What, and, uh, about Simeon. So I, I'm going to read, I'll pick up Luke chapter 2. <laughs> It's all about the shepherds. Remember the shepherds? Your memory can't be that bad. Right. Luke chapter 2 is about the shepherds and the angels and uh, going to the stable and whatever. So we'll read from verse 18. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told them. And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. 
And when the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of Moses, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This is the bit. And this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now, let your ser- now you're letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, that you prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And his father and mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign that is opposed, and a sword will pierce through your own soul also. So the thoughts from many hearts will be revealed. We, uh, we're familiar with the angels and the shepherds and the wise men and the, and the stable and the donkey. Don't forget the donkey. It's a myth. You know, it's, a, it's not in the book. But anyway, not that one. One of, the, one of the amazing things about Christmas was that it, it, it was a, a movement of the Spirit. I, 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 want, I don't know if you've never noticed when the Christmas uh, stories have been read. Have you ever noticed how often the Spirit of God is mentioned and what he was doing and, and, and what resulted at Christmas because of what he was doing? And uh, it must have come as as a real surprise at the time because it it was 400 years, Malachi, end of the Old Testament, 400 years when nothing very much was happening. Malachi was the last of the written prophets and then everything just kind of went quiet and God's people got used to God not doing a lot and God not saying a lot it, it, it was a time when the Pharisees kind of in the absence of God evidently doing a lot the Pharisees came in and organised a lot you know, that's generally what we tend to do isn't it that uh, if God isn't busy I will be and, and, and so after 400 years 400 years I mean what was happening in 1615. That's a long time. That's when James I was king. I mean, the Scots had just joined the United Kingdom. It's it's a long time, it's 400 years, when the Spirit of God wasn't evident, and then he's popping up everywhere. So what, what does Christmas tell me about the Holy Spirit? Well, the first thing is, is just the wonder that he did. I mean, it's amazing. I, I know that we, we know that, that 
Christmas was a salvation season. Can we call it that? And it's in the previous verse with the angels. Unto you is born this day in the city of David a saviour. So I was expecting you to, I was kind of warming you up, that a saviour who is Christ the Lord. And Simeon here talks about it in terms of a light breaking into darkness. After 400 years... Where, where there was really nothing happening, nothing being heard, just darkness, really, that the coming of the Lord Jesus, he describes in verse 32, as being a light for revelation to the Gentiles. It's like Matthew said, the people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. The, 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 the shepherds in the verses before this, it almost epitomizes what it was like. You know, Sun Hill in the dark, gloom, poor, hopeless, and then suddenly all these angels start singing. It must have been amazing. Amazing. And uh, then Simeon talks about it as being the glory, the the, the shining. Remember in the Old Testament that there was this Shekinah, this, this presence of God, this visible, awesome, wonderful presence of God among his people and uh, that uh, uh, and we're told that this light and this glory was that God was becoming a man Ah, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory the glory of the only begotten of the father full of remember and and God God came down and the, the theologians call this you know, how did God, who made the heavens, how, how, how did God become the size of my Bible? Or it, before the birth, smaller. I mean, they, they call it the hypostatic union. That, that's because they don't understand it either. I mean, how, however, however, did the one that made the world, we're actually told how, it was the Spirit of God that enabled the Son of God to become a baby born in a human body. That uh, the hymn writer puts it, God contracted to a span. It's almost as if the Spirit of God was shooing him into the baby. Wrong phrase, not theological, don't quote me. But how do you do that? How does the Almighty become a baby. Well, in the previous verses it says, remember the angel speaking to Mary, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. And the power of the Most High is going to over... It's wonderful. (laughs) It's a wonder. And the Spirit of God was enabling salvation, the the main phase of, of of our salvation to begin. And Matthew, when his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Spirit. From the Spirit. So the Spirit of God has been this active agent in bringing salvation to us. Enabling salvation. Doing wonders through his agency. And the Spirit of God is here launching the mission. We've been singing about it. 
it, it didn't end in the cross. It led to the cross and then took us to glory. But the, the Spirit of God was starting something here for the gospel's sake, for salvation's sake. The, the Spirit of God explaining everything. And we go, oh, there we are. There we are. Oh, I've got my picture up. Excellent. Uh, and he, he's, he's facilitating creating in the terms of the baby, the, the fetus we would call, enabling, doing wonder. It, it's, his, it's what he does. It's what he does. And what, what, what should we have learned from Christmas? That the Spirit of God did a wonder, does a wonder, that for 2015... If the Spirit of God was so uh, eager, so, so engaged in bringing salvation to, will he not be so again? Yeah, that, that it's a wonder that when... I'm a Christian. I, I, Jenny, you're... Andrew, you're a Christian. Oh, that, sorry, I met, these are two I made earlier. It's amazing. I don't know about you, but... In our lives, a wonder has happened. I've I've been given, these guys have been given new life and a new heart and a new, and it's the Spirit of God who did it. He he did a wonder in my life. The the cross of Jesus, what Jesus did 2,000 years ago, the Spirit of God has made it work in here. Isn't that good? That you can have talk to them about it afterwards. They'll be glad to tell you. But that, that this, is, this is how he works. He came in order to start to get salvation moving. The Spirit of God is very intentional about the gospel. It's part of Christmas. But my, our, our grandchildren came. We, we've got three grandsons, but the, the, the one, one of them came and he was coming to Nan and Tides. That's Nan, I'm Tide. And uh, he was coming to Nan and Tides, and he came intentionally. He, he, he got his dad to ring up first to get the snooker table out, and he came in with his cue. He's only five. He has to stand on the kitchen table to get high enough up in order to... What? What did I say? Stool. Yeah, that's better, isn't it? Okay, yeah, yeah, still. She's there just to help me along. (laughs) There's something very intentional about Christmas, and the Spirit of God is still doing it. The, The second thing that the Spirit of God seems to be doing, in fact, he'd been doing it for longer than 400 years, that uh, in, in, in chapter 1 and verse 70, it talks about the prophets talking about the Messiah coming. I mean, King David talked about Messiah coming. That's a thousand years. The, the Spirit of God had been lining up, dropping hints, wetting, wetting appetites, getting people ready for over a thousand years. I, I, I have to confess here, I Google this one, right? 
what happened in 2015? Well, in 1015, 1,000 years ago. Well, not a lot, it seems. Not according to Wikipedia. All I know is Ethelred the Unready was the king. Well, you remember him? No, no, I don't either. So, uh, so a thousand years is a long, 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 long time. And all of that time, the Spirit of God is saying that there's one coming. He's coming. And all the prophets, didn't they, spoke. And uh, the Amos said that the, that the Spirit of God, that God does nothing without first revealing it to the prophets and saying that salvation's coming. Messiah's coming. And uh, and then the Spirit of God helping. And then, so we come then to, can I have my words back up? We we come back to Simeon. And um, in verse 26, and it says, Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death, before he'd seen the Lord's Christ. <laughs> I wonder how... We, we don't know, do we? Was he reading the Bible one day and reading Isaiah 53 and the Spirit of God gave him the nudge? It won't be long. That somehow, did an angel tap him on the shoulder? I don't know. There seems to be quite a few angels around at Christmas time as well, so maybe it was one of them... But, but somehow, it says the Spirit of God told him that he was on the cusp, that he, he was going to see, that what had been spoken of, prepared for, lined up for a thousand years, it's your day. Imagine. Could you imagine? It, it's right, you know, that... I, I'm not the Holy Spirit, so this is just role play, okay? Just, it's just pretending, right? But you know, imagine you're going to see him coming in the clouds. I, you, you, you get up every morning, wouldn't you, thinking, is it today? If you really knew. And yet this man had been told, the Spirit of God had told him that he was going to see the Christ. That must have been amazing. That, uh, that all of that had been promised was getting closer. Uh, and then you had the angels telling the shepherds. And the angel speaking to Zechariah, Jonathan, John the Baptist's dad, is coming. Uh, and then you have the, the angel appearing to Joseph, don't put her away. Remember? That, this, that, that there's the saviour here. And then, of course, to Mary. Um, and the Spirit of God is initiating, ordering. After this dreadful silence, this is it. Today is the day kind of feel. The truth is that he's always been speaking. He's... I forgot the next bit. Got a nice picture here. There, that's about right. We have a living God who is still speaking. I, I, I don't know how he spoke to Simeon, but he's still speaking. That he, all scripture is God-breathed. 
by the Spirit, profitable for teaching, correction, and training in righteousness, and he's still speaking. It's a wonder over Christmas that Christmas was a time when the Spirit of God was making God's heart and mind known, speaking to his people. And what does Corinthians say? And we with all and with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. The, the Spirit of God working, speaking. But, I, Jenny, I don't know how it was for you, but I, I, I can remember when, when somehow God just seemed to be in my face. And there were things which didn't really bother me previously that began to bother me. Just the sense that all wasn't well on the inside. And that, that John said that the Holy Spirit will come and convict us, speak to us, convince us, tell us so that we know deep down in our knower that our sin is far more serious than we ever thought it was and then he'll start to tell me about Jesus and speaking to me to say that there's a way of getting my sin sorted. Ah, that's the work of the Spirit. The, the one who did wonders in bringing such kicking salvation off in the first place and has been doing wonders ever since, changing people from the inside out, he, he begins by speaking to us taking what God has said and making it just so pertinent, so relevant, so important, so much for me. And sometimes it's going on before we realise it. Do you ever, when you wake up, realise that you've been awake for about five minutes and your mind has been churning already? Do you remember that? Oh, I'm awake. I've been awake. What was I thinking about? And and sometimes the Spirit of God speaks to you and I like that, doesn't he? And it's, a, it's only late you think that, oh yeah, the, there's something been going on in here. I need a saviour. I, I need to get my life sorted. I, I, need to, I need to hear what God is saying to me. I need to read the book. It, he works in all those kind of ways. He'll work in that way in 2015. The Spirit of God is still speaking, confirming, leading, impressing. When Joel came with his cue, poor chap, a week before, he'd had his tonsils out, his adenoids out. They had a vacancy, so they whipped him in three days before Christmas. What rotten parents. Tonsils out adenoids out, grommets in. I, I don't know what a grommet is. I thought grommet was something to do with Wallace. But apparently, a, a grommet is something you put in your ear, and it... I, I don't... I, any ear experts? I had him when I was like... You had him? So why did you have grommets? The fluid builds up in your inner ear and can't hear, so you need... That's what they said. They said that so, when you were hearing, was it as if you were underwater? I, that's what I'm told, I don't know. That you were told, that, that's what Joel was told. Do you know, sometimes, 
when God first begins to speak to us, it's almost as if we need grommets. It's almost as if when he's speaking to me, it's as if I'm hearing him underwater. And, and then he gives me ears to... Has he given you ears to hear? Is the Lord Jesus... To, has, have, has he opened your ears? Because that's what the Spirit does. I won't go any further on spiritual grommets. I'll go on to the last thing that he did. And then the, the other thing about Simeon, going back to the verses... It says, verse 25, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. I wonder what that means. I, I, I wonder, because that, that's a kind of Old Testament word. It, it talks about the Spirit of God anointing, empowering, enabling, enduing, and it, it says that he was a man full of the Spirit and he came in the Spirit into the temple. Now Luke took the trouble to describe Simeon like that. He, that he came in the Spirit into the temple. What, what, what does that look like? I think sometimes we think it looks weird. It doesn't say he looked weird at all. I, I wonder if anybody else in the temple at the time thought that he came in the spirit. Or, or was it just that he came in absolutely normally, but God was with him? That, that the purposes of God, the fullness of God was upon Simeon for what God was going to do, but you wouldn't have known. He didn't kind of come in on a, on a flying carpet. He, he, he didn't come in with his eyes rolling and his arm trembling, walking at 45 degrees. I, I, I'll, I'll comment on that in a minute. But, but it was, this is what this, what's just true of Christmas. And I, I, if it wasn't so cold, I'd take you to the verses, but I'll let you off. There's a pattern here. Do you remember it was said of John the Baptist that he was filled with the Spirit from his mother's womb, chapter 1, verse 15? And, and then you, you read of that occasion when Mary, carrying Jesus, went to meet her cousin Elizabeth, and when she walked in, in, when they, they came into the same place, it says that John in his mother's womb leapt and Elizabeth was filled with the Spirit. Uh, Mary, when she did the magnificat, the, 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 the poetic prophecy that she spoke, spoke about he has shown the strength of his arm. Uh, and then Zechariah, that uh, again, when John was about to be born, filled with the Spirit. It, it's almost as if the Spirit of God is just taking ordinary people and giving them extraordinary resources. When salvation is beginning to gain momentum, the Spirit of God comes to ordinary people and gives them extraordinary resources. People are full of the Spirit. 
surrounded by the Spirit, immersed, overwhelmed. And the, the, the whole, one of this truth of Christmas is that God takes hold of his people when he has a work to do. Ordinary people. Uh, I, 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 I'm on record for this. I, I blame Evan Roberts. Evan Roberts, 1904. He was a kind of revivalist and, and, and did weird things. And it got into the mindset of Christians in Wales that if the Holy Spirit's going to work, it's going to be a bit weird. I don't think people thought that before then. When the Holy Spirit came, there was nothing exhibitionist, nothing sensationalist about that God was with him for the gospel's sake. He, the Spirit of God was on this man to enable something to happen that would bring salvation widely. It, it's why Paul writes in Ephesians that we mustn't grieve the Spirit. It's just so important in 2015 that we are all people like Simeon full of the Spirit. Now, I don't want to minimize his influence. But when the Spirit of God came in bringing the incarnation, starting this work, he was doing it for salvation. When he was prophesying for those thousand years, he was saying a Savior's coming. And here we are, the Saviour has come and has entrusted us with the gospel and he wants us to, I don't, you, won't be, you might be walking into the laundrette tomorrow that Simeon walked into the laundrette in the spirit, walked into school in the spirit, walked into the hospital in the spirit. The, uh, the best way... I, we have another grandson who came, Sam. And uh, my, my dad, when he started work, was a chippy, a carpenter. His father was a carpenter. My grandfather was a wheelwright. My great-grandfather was a wheelwright. So I, I just come from, I lost my way. I got a Mickey Mouse of a job. But my, 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 my father's family were all joiner, cabinet makers, undertakers, making boxes. And so in the garage are all my father and grandfather's tools. And when I've got time, I'm going to sharpen them and use them properly. But Sam is... Ten? Ten. Sam is big into woodwork and big into tide, um, teaching him how to do woodwork. And when he came in the... We made a tray. It was a very special tray. It had four corners. And one of them was a lap joint, and one of them was a butt joint, and one of them was a, da- was a, a, um, a dovetail, and I forget what the other one was. And so he made it. And this time, we made a box. And, and one side was a doweling joint, and one side was a slotting dovetail, and one was an overlapping dovetail, and I can't remember what the other... Oh, tongue and groove. And... And so I got the chisels out, he's only 10. And I got the planes out, and he's only 10. And uh, I didn't, I, 
and, and Sam paring away, clearing out the dovetail, mallet in one hand, chisel in the other. He'd never done it before. So I didn't let him do it on his own. When he was planing like this, Tide's hands were on his hands, helping to make sure that the plane only took wood off. And, and, and when Sam had the chisel in his hand and the mallet, I had one hand on his hand and one hand on the mallet. I wanted to make sure that the mallet only hit the chisel. But it, it is a picture of what the Spirit of God does. He, he, he fills, he, he, he comes on, he, he surrounds, he enables, he strengthens. It, it's the only way that lost people become found people. It's the only way that people will understand what Jesus has done when the Spirit of God is opening people's ears. And if you and I, when we walk into the laundrette tomorrow... If, we, if the Holy Spirit is holding our hand and, and giving that enabling, what a good year 2015 is likely to be. So I, I, I ask the question again, what did we learn from Christmas? And, and maybe there's a theme there which has a lot to say to us for 2015. I'll summarise it this way. God, when he, by his spirit, enabled the incarnation. That, that is a wonder. I, I don't know whether... Uh, lots of people talk about it. We've got to be incarnational. Uh, it's impossible. You'll never do it. You've never been God, you never will be God, and you'll never manage what Jesus, what the Spirit of God, it, it's not, I think we need a better word. The, 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 the incarnation was a wonder, and the Spirit of God set it off, and he's doing wonders still. The, the Spirit of God spoke for a thousand years about the Messiah coming, and he is speaking still. And the, the Spirit of God clothed, anointed, filled. Is there a greater need for Hill City Church in 2015 than for each of us to be a people full of the Spirit, with the Spirit of God on us? Isn't that the way that the gospel has its edge and people here, and really here. Just that God will give us a late Christmas. Let's just bow our heads. Let me pray. Maybe this morning, it may be that you're here because what you heard about the Lord Jesus at Christmas provoked something, and you... You need to move from that kind of baby in the manger to being the saviour in your heart. It 
Maybe we need to pray like this this morning. Lord Jesus, thank you that you came to this earth through the miracle of the Spirit's work in order to save me, in order to, to do a wonder in my life, to, in order to give me a new heart and a new destiny and a clean record. And I ask you, Lord Jesus, that as I put my trust in you, that your Spirit's work in my life will change me as you want me to be. Have our ears unstopped. Lord Jesus, by your Spirit, will you speak to me? Will you let me hear your voice? Open your word to me like never before. Give, give me ears to hear. And for each of us, Lord, for 2015, Lord, will you, will you do a fresh work by your Spirit in my life? Lord Jesus, will you, will you cause him to come to me that as it was with Simeon, a man full of the Spirit, a man with the Spirit on him, a man who moved into the temple in the Spirit, by the Spirit. Lord, will you cause for this year to be a year in which the gospel affected my life and the gospel came from my life powerfully by the Spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen.